Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Beautiful day in Los Angeles. Just doing a quick check-in here, Jordan. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful day in Los Angeles. The sun... What do you cr- think? Uh, 72, 73, 74. Jordan. 75? It was a high of 90 today. Really? The high today was 90 degrees. Huh. You're telling me that as we record this, I'm looking at four, 420. <laughs> <Look> at, <laughs> yeah. What, what, are we doing in this, what are we doing in this hot box? Oh, wait uh, a minute. Yep. Uh, We're taking E. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, I think I'm going to say 78. Yeah? Yeah, maybe even wow. 80. What 81. do I know? I was saying 74. Jordan. Whew, what a chump. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I feel like a real dick bag. <laughs> and for good reason, Jordan. Yeah. For good reason. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I am ready for this to be done. Mm-hmm. But it looks like it's going to be. Looks the, like fall is here. Oh, the extreme heat. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I, I feel like it's been done for a little while. Although maybe we have a different tolerance for heat. Yeah, I think we also live in different parts of Los Angeles. Sure, I live in a warmer part of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just my sort of sensuality brings it up a couple of extra degrees. That's true. Your Latin heritage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh gosh, I no, I am I am ready for. I'm ready for an autumnal vibe. Yeah? Just a general autumnal vibe. Well, the vibe. pumpkin spice latte is back. Have you tried that? I don't know. Hmm. I did put some pumpkin spice, uh, use it as a steak rub. Oh, well, there you go. Which is pretty autumnal. Sure. It was sort of pre-autumnal because I was still kind cooking. Of a, it was kind of a false steak. Still cooking out. Yeah. You know, it's, like, it's, a, it's an Indian summer type thing. Gotcha. You know what I mean? You got some squash, some calabash. John Hurt's there. <laughs> yeah, sure. John Hurt in Indian summer. I don't even know what that is. Oh, it's a movie about uh, friends who come back to summer camp. Uh, I, I only barely know what John Hurt is. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to say, really. Um, I had a, Lindsay, see if John Hurt is in Indian summer. It seems like he would be. I had a really magical movie moment. Um, this morning, a lot of mm. times in the morning, I take my son Simon for a walk, mm-hmm. just sort of up and down our street. And um, you were gunned down, and you told him to take the cannoli. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I um, we we had turned around and we're headed back towards the house. Mm-hmm. And needless how to say, how far is this walk? We're talking about a fifteen twenty minute walk, which okay. is to say, a couple football fields for a two year old. Okay, you know. But you know, it's a it's a healthy walk mm-hmm. for a for a small child. And as we were as we were headed back towards the house, Simon started again, really like a movie scene, like a slow clap that mm-hmm. builds into a crescendo. He started walking a little quicker and a little quicker, and he said, Dad, I'm going faster. I'm going faster. I'm going faster. And then as he was going faster and faster, he, he looks at me and he says, Dad, I'm running. I'm running. I'm running. And then he starts putting his hands up in the air yeah. and flapping them around. And he goes, Dad, I'm dancing. I'm dancing. I'm running. I'm dancing. I'm running. Well, which is I'm it? Dancing. Make up your mind. And then he saw Teresa and he said, Mommy! <laughs> 
I'm running. I'm dancing. I'm running. I'm dancing. Did it now? He's done both of these things independently, right? But he didn't know that you could do those two things together. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's huge. Can you imagine what an impact it would have made if Jackie Joyner Kersey had known that you could do those two things together? Yeah, right. Jesse Owens. That's how I felt the first time I spoke to Joy on the toilet. We should write. We should write a letter to Usain Bolt. Yeah. Right now. P.S. You could also be dancing. Oh. The letter is just a postscript. I'm running. I'm dancing. I'm running. I'm dancing. Dad. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a it seems like a lesser Donna Summer hit. It does. You got to put that four on the floor. In there. Oh, yeah, sure. There you go. I'm running. I'm dancing. I'm running. I'm dancing. I'm the world's worst Diana Ross. Who's <laughs> not great to begin with. Um, speaking of kids say the darndest things. Yeah. Um, we should come up with a different name for that. What? When? Kids say the darndest things. Yeah. That's a copyrighted Oh, sure. We don't want Bill Cosby after us. How about this? We don't want to be like those like those kids on the corner sagging their pants. No, of course not. Cosby on your tail. Yeah. It's lights out. <laughs> sure. How about this? Fucking kids. Okay, that's great. Perfect. Speaking of fucking hey, Jordan, kids. Jordan. Hmm. You know, I told a funny story about fucking kids. Wait, that's not coming out right. <laughs> let's scratch fucking kids. Okay. Scratch. Let's okay, just sure. let's just put that put that aside. Sure. Um anyway, I uh I from time to time will go on a commercial audition. Right, sure. Um and uh I went uh, and kind of how it works is I'll get a little email in my box with the 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 address of the audition. The product in your email inbox. My email inbox. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. At my office, my secretary <laughs> sure. will bring um, square in your junk. You'll get an email. <laughs> right. Right in the inbox. Right in the old lady parts. Yeah. Someone will shove a shove a, uh, an audition tampon up me. <laughs> gross. Oh, that was gross. Sorry about that. It's okay. You know, we all make mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Right. This has been a mistake-filled <laughs> podcast so far. Um, so it says, you know, it'll and, and then it'll say the role. And usually in commercials, your characters don't have names. It's like barista or window washer or, you know, uh, fuck buddy, something like that. Usually it's not fuck buddy. Uh, but it's usually. That would be an amazing commercial. That would be a really good commercial. What? How come commercials haven't followed the lead of Game of Thrones? Yeah. You know, how come commercials don't aren't, don't have epic fucking in them? I think they should. Gr- fucking on a grand scale. <laughs> right. Okay, continue. It would make me by degree. Right. Sure. <laughs> like it just it's just uh it's just uh it's just a locked off shot of a beautiful racially ambiguous couple fucking pounding each other. <laughs> yeah. 20 seconds, 25 seconds. Just locked out, would you say? Is it centered in the frame Wes Anderson style? Yes, exactly. As all commercials are required to be. <laughs> yeah, and there's a, and there's an adorable music box by the bed. Um, so 20, 20, 25 seconds of fucking, and then they both yell, degree! <laughs> what am I picking up the next time I'm uh, looking for a deodorant? I'll tell you what, it's not, it's not just for men. Wait, that's a hair dye. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You are, but I, I would get the I would get the gray. right product. You're starting to go great. It is true, uh, and it's not distinguished on me. No, I just look like uh, 
an insane person, sure. a mad scientist. I yeah. feel like if I start to go gray, it will not be distinguished. It'll be mad scientist. That's a good point. You might look like a mad – but you know what? Hmm. Once in a while, you'll see somebody with a mop of curly graying hair. Mm-hmm. And they they'll look they'll look very sophisticated in a sort of David Byrne type way. Oh, I forgot about David Byrne. He looks great. Does he have curly hair? He does have. Yeah, it's kind of curly. It's wavy. Okay. Well, I'm, it's I'm like just a little. Saying, it's like a little bit of a pompadour, I guess. I mean, just a sort of a David Byrne esque sure. vibe, like a guy who's really got his aesthetic act together. You know, and maybe I'm just thinking of David Byrne. Uh, because he did that album with St. Vincent, and he had mm-hmm. there were so many photographs of them standing together, like looking off into the distance, kind yeah. of blankly. And uh, she is such a striking figure. She's very I, striking. I met her in real life once. Oh, yeah? I was struck the entire time, the entire sure. half hour or 40 minutes I was trying <laughs> to talk to her. I was just trying not to be struck by her. Sure, yes, very striking. She's uh, she's uh, she's swan-like, I would say. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, maybe I'm just thinking of him as being... Uh, something to aspire to looks wise because I most recent thing I can think of is him standing next to her but maybe on his own he's not that attractive anyways uh, we'll look into that Uh, I guess what I meant by that was just that you would have Comically broad shoulders oh sure (laughs) just insanely comically broad and I'd always be wearing a duster or something Um, what are we talking about we were talking about your commercial oh auditions. auditions oh yeah yeah and uh, why don't they have more fucking in commercials uh, so anyway so this and then usually there'll be a little link to the sides which are the lines that you will have to read and usually in commercials at least the roles I go out for it's never really something where you would have to turn the camera and say you know like um uh, um the the latest Dell laptop is great for everything you want to do. It's, I'm, I'm never the spokesman. I'm I'd always li- just I'd like, like to see you do a hard sell. Yeah, right. Straight to camera. Just benefits. Just product benefits. Pure <laughs> right. product benefits. Like a, like an insurance provider or something. Exactly. Yeah, I'm usually like I'm usually like befuddled guy in coffee shop or like you know annoying guy who tries to talk to the girls and they don't want him to talk to her them. Uh, yeah. Anyways, but. Grammar struggling. <laughs> man. Man who not know words are say. <laughs> man who not know words are say. <laughs> yeah. You got it the second time. Um, so, uh, so this one, the role was just dad. So it had the address. It had the, the casting agent. And it had role dad. Hold on, Jordan. Yeah. Stop the presses. Mm-hmm. Have you ever auditioned for a dad character? This before? is my first. This is my first time, maybe auditioning for someone who wasn't in college, who's older than college. Because <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Because yeah. I would imagine that people would look at you and think juvenile. <laughs> sure, exactly. <laughs> juvenile yuts. Maybe he still. Maybe he still doesn't have all his. Uh, he doesn't have his permanent teeth yet. <laughs> um, yeah. So I've never been called for dad before but it was kind of cool and uh, this one was noteworthy because there were no lines attached to it uh, and sometimes uh, they don't put it sometimes it's kind of like a secret product or if it's like a new phone or something they won't put the lines because they don't want it to get out that there's a new android or something like that but there was no lines, so i just and i had nothing to go on so i just i'm like okay well i'll, I'll just show up looking like a dad so i put on a nice pair of slacks uh put on a put on a shirt and tie and uh, just kind of went to this address. And um, so there were a bunch of other 
uh, people there for dad who all kind of looked like. So it's like they had a specific dad in mind, kind of a kind of a younger, goofier, funner dad. And then there were probably ten sets of twins, twin boys. So, so there's the there's the there's the goofy fun dads, and there are the there are the ten sets of twin boys, and they're all dressed the same, uh, various kind. Maybe they're all about four or five years old. Uh, keep in mind, I do not know how old any child is. <laughs> like, what are you ten? I'm like I feel like I I my guess for how old a child is is never right, but I'm Sir, gonna. Sir, I am a sophomore at the Air Force Academy, <laughs> and then I jingle my keys in his face. I'm like, look at these little guy. Uh, yeah, so I think they were about four, and so I really don't know what's going on. I like write my name on the sheet, the the you know, and there's a bunch of people ahead of me, and I can't. I don't see any lines. Uh, the the lady who's running the audition is very frustrated because these these sets of twins are crazy. They're just running around like crazy. And it's weird that if you got together a bunch of four and five year old yeah actors sure that they would act who have crazy. never had to who've never been in a structured environment. Um, uh, so. So I say send them to the Air Force Academy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That'll straighten them out. <laughs> Let them launch some missiles. Um, so and then the lady aud- auditioning is like, uh, these twins don't have a dad yet. Are there any dads? And all the other dads are kind of looking around because I think they've already been assigned twins. And I said, uh, yeah, I'm a dad. And she's like, OK, great. Uh, you're with them. You're going in next. And so the, the this set of twins, they are there with their grandma who uh, is a um, – is is uh, not originally from this country. Uh, I was guessing because English is obviously not her first language. She was uh, from an Asian country of some sort. The children seemed to be biracial. Um, And she was like, oh, uh, you are such a good dad for them because you both have such curly hair. These kids did not have curly hair. (laughs) These kids just had normal hair. I was not sure what she was talking about. But the kids were like – they gave them a – they had like crayons and paper out for the kids to play with and the the kids both had both had these drawings that they were doing and then the the grandma said look this is going to be your dad for the audition and they just ran up to me and they had these drawings and one was mostly red and he's like i drew some fire and he pressed it into my face <laughs> and then the other one was like i drew some lightning and he pressed it into my face so i mean it was weird how they were already kind of like waiting Waiting their turn for the other one to speak, it was weird. Um, but they both do some, did something complimentary. So I just sat there for two or three minutes while they pushed these pictures into my face. Complimentarily terrifying. I mean, that's the kind of thing that a child says in a film immediately before developing powers. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. Um, yeah, she's like, oh, uh, the, the kids are really excited because I just took them on a tour of a nuclear power plant. They got into <laughs> some goo. Uh, but I think they're fine. We cleaned them off. Uh, we put took them to the eye wash station, so I think they're fine. Uh, so, and so the door opens and they call us in, and the grandma does not go. So it's just me and these kids who I don't know. And as soon as the door closes, they turn into. And they were already rowdy, but their rowdiness amped up to a degree that I can only imagine you see. Here's what I think those Ice Cube movies are like. You know Ice Cube's late career where he yeah, makes – Yeah, sure. Well, for a long time, Ice Cube made his career first as a rapper, then as mm-hmm. a reasonably legitimate actor. Mm-hmm. And then more recently, he's 
made some films that involve him driving an RV or minivan full <laughs> sure. of children to various national parks and so forth. Yeah, so I imagine there's a joke in those movies where Ice Cube is like, boy, I'm sure glad we're going to have a relaxing evening at home. Hard cut to a room full of kids going, blah, blah. This is what those kids turned into. They turned into just a crazy, screaming, runaround pair. And the guy leading the audition is like, okay, get them to settle down like I was their parents. <laughs> like, get them to settle down. I'm like, hey, kids, come over here. And so they come and they they sit by me. And there's a thing you have to do in an audition called a slate where you say your name, sometimes your height, and uh, you know sometimes you whip it out right. uh, to, maybe for pornos. Do you have to say – Dick height? <laughs> Jordan, 5'9", 4'2". <laughs> wow. I'm 5'9", and my dick is 4'2". 4.2 inches. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, am I saying that right? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, in heels. Right. <laughs> soaking, soaking wet. 4'2", four, four soaking wet. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, so... <laughs> so these kids are just going crazy, and their names are... Uh, Zach and Jeffrey. And so I'm like, hey, guys, say your names. And Zach said, I'm Zach Poo Poo. And then Jeremy said, I'm Jeremy Pee Pee. <laughs> Swear, like. Is this, do you think this was material they'd written? It seemed like it. It was too good. And the timing was too good. It was like, boy, that is like, that's a funny thing you would write for a bad kid to say. Do you think this is something that grandma wrote back in the old country? She's been, <laughs> her whole immigration journey was to live in a war, live in a nation where they would have the freedom yeah. to do that kind of humor on stage. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I or think, on screen. I think you know maybe wherever it was she lived, uh, you know, the government uh, kind of regulated performance and culture and stuff sure. like that. And her poo poo pee pee last name material probably right. didn't fly. Sure. Uh, and yeah. So she picked up her kids and then moved to America where you're free to – Normally the parent would go in. Mm-hmm. Is that true? I don't know. I don't know enough about the world of child acting. Uh, but they did. They just – I mean – What was it like back when you were a child actor? Um, it was mostly – it was like – have you seen The Hunger Games? I haven't, but I've you're read synopses. You're kind of synopses. familiar with the concept? i It was like a fight to the death. Right. Yeah. I, I've killed I a lot of treatment. other children. Yeah. I read the treatment for The Hunger You're too Games. busy for movies. Yeah. So you just read treatment. It's funny. Since I, I work in movies, mm-hmm. um, but I just don't have time to re- I don't have time to watch them anymore. Yeah. Or read a script. Or read scripts. I don't even remember how they work. Are there any, what, how, how, uh, any good treatments you've read re- recently you can recommend? Yeah, I can. Um, uh, something there was something that was really great. It was about an orangutan mm-hmm. who had joined a baseball team. Mm. And this thing, I mean, I hesitate to say Oscar. Yeah. Before the actual Oscar ceremony hosted by Billy Crystal. Sure. But you know, and this primate is he <laughs> valuable to the team? He's literally the most valuable primate on the team. Really? And all his teammates are primates as well because, oh. as you know, man is a primate. Sure. I did. I think I did know that. Um, but, yeah, he turns out to be the most valuable primate huh. on the entire team, which is a remarkable coincidence. What's and the I'll, name of this film? I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you why it's a coincidence okay. first. Uh, it's because most valuable primate, MVP, mm-hmm. 
is actually the same initials as the award given in Major League Baseball for hmm. the most valuable player. Yeah. Anyway, what, what was your question before? Um, what uh, is man a primate? You answered that. Though. I answered that one. Yeah. You had one other question. What? Oh, any good treatments lately? No, that was okay. This one about the uh, orangutan. Yeah. Oh, you. So does the monkey get it on with a human woman in the movie? No, but I did. I you give notes. Oh, okay. <laughs> you give notes. Sure. Uh, thankfully, I had the opportunity to give some notes. Um, you just yeah. in the margins wrote, "Get it on?" Question mark. It was. It was really good. It was mm-hmm. called Titanic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it would be a really great Ed Begley Jr. vehicle as the primate. Why not? Yeah, I think he's still got. I think he's still got the flex. Would he for be it. in a suit, or would this be like an Andy Circus motion capture thing? He'd be in an electric car. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that is also a monkey. Sure, why not? Okay, yeah, just this... paint a fucking monkey on that thing, <laughs> and it just drives around <laughs> playing baseball. Yeah, and it's called Titanic. Hey, if robots can play baseball in the Nintendo game Base Wars, that's true. Jesse, that was a horrible dystopian version of the future. Why can't an electric car with a driven by Ed Begley Jr. (laughs) The stupidest thing, (laughs) the stupidest path we've ever gone down in the history of Jordan Jesse Go. I thought it would end yeah. when you said, what's the name of the movie? And I said, Titanic. <laughs> but this is horrible. Yeah, right. Poor Ed Begley Jr. I seems know. like such a nice man. I didn't mean to drag him into this. He really seems he cares about the environment. concerned about the environment. Totally. <sighs> well, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse. Wait, should I finish the story about the... We can do it when we come okay. back. Oh, great. Okay. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Hey folks, this is Kevin Allison of the Max Fun Podcast Risk, where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. If you've never heard Risk, Why not start with our 150th episode? It's an all-star lineup of jaw-dropping true stories from Aisha Tyler. This being the 90s, I was drinking malt liquor. Don't fuck you and your racist ass. You're all racist for laughing. Tom Lennon. Whenever I walk into a place that's called Mr. Binkies, I'm expecting Armenian Bumblebee to be like, I got jack-off pills for you. Yeah! Jay Moore. Me, public school in New Jersey. I didn't need to know anything because everybody knew you got pregnant by peeing in each other's butts. That's how we knew. Andy Dick. We've had a monogamous relationship for five years. I barely cheated on her. (laughs) And The Daily Show's Jessica Williams. Oh my God. I have like this need to be responsible for some reason that doesn't really benefit me. So like, (laughs) Jessica, clean it up. Look for Risk on iTunes or of course at MaximumFun.org. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective... Jordan, yeah. when we last when we left <laughs> off, yeah, you <laughs> you were in the audition room. Mm-hmm. You had two small mixed race children yeah. running around and saying "pee pee and poo poo." Yeah, 
Jesse Pinkman had been captured captured by neo Nazis, <laughs> being forced to cook meth. Um. So, t- so what uh, what went down? What else went? Down? Uh, so yeah, so they said pee pee and poo poo, and then went right back to being crazy and running around. There was like someone had parked their bike in this audition room. Maybe it was the guy who was like working the camera, but they were like jumping on this adult's bike, and you know. So and then the guy, the guy working the camera is the only other guy in this room, and he's like, "Yeah, get him to settle down. Get him to pretend like they're playing in a sandbox." Was his note. And he – so I sat down in front of the camera and pretended to play in a sandbox. Uh, humiliating. But I, I hope, I hope, I hope these, these audition videos don't uh, leak online somewhere because there's a good minute of me by myself pretending to play in a sandbox while kids yell in the background. If you get cast in this mm-hmm. commercial, it's likely that that audition mm-hmm. reel will end up on the Criterion edition. Yeah, that's true. So, but I'm just you know, warning you. But at least it'll be like lovingly restored. Mm-hmm. At least like it'll be sure. like as the filmmaker intended. Absolutely, the seventy from the seventy millimeter. Print. Of course, of course. And the then original we, masters. Nice commentary by Leonard Malton <laughs> on there too. <laughs> you think it would be Malton, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Sure. Malton loves my work. Yeah, I I don't see why he wouldn't. Mm-hmm. He's an enthusiast. Is he dead? Is he dead? Couldn't tell you, Jesse. I couldn't see dead. You. Couldn't tell you. Um, so, uh, so the kids are not responding to this, and I'm trying to like not yell at them, but I need them to settle down. I need them to to do this. Uh, so it was weird, and so then I yelled, "Oh no, this is quicksand, and I'm drowning!" And I pretended like it was there was quicksand, and I was going under. And they both looked at me, and they're like, "Oh my gosh!" And they run over and both like tackle me. So, <laughs> so then I'm just wrestling these kids in front of this camera and trying not to hurt them. But that seemed to be the thing to get them over there. And so they were just kind of body slamming me and wwfing me. Uh, that didn't sound right. WWE, wweing me. World Wildlife Foundationing you. Yeah, right. Exactly. They were saving my habitat. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it had been decimated by poachers. Oh, what were the what? How many people were in the room besides the three of you that were auditioning? Uh, the, so the out in the lobby there were you know ten more pairs of dads and twins, and uh, in the audition room was just me, these twins, and the guy working the camera, okay. and Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> right. Jake the Snake Roberts had gone out uh, for a latte. Right. Well, Jake the Snake Roberts and his twin brother. <laughs> right. Does he have a twin? No. Nah, okay. Oh, because – oh, your joke was that they, he was auditioning for the child. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. What a funny premise. Thank you. What a fun and funny premise. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah. So, I just wrestled these kids for for three minutes and the guy's like, and cut. That was great. And they run out. Uh they like run out of the room. Uh, the grandma comes over to me. She's like, "Oh, did you guys have fun?" I was like, "Oh yeah, they're they're great." And she's like, "I want to get a picture for their mom." And uh, and I so I kind of kneel down and I'm like, "Come on, guys, let's do a picture." And they are you know just as un- they like came out of that room as ramped up as they were in that room. And I tried to get them to sit still for this picture for their mom. And I think it just. It will turn out to be – oh, I had to pick them up and carry them out of the room too because I wouldn't leave the room. 
Uh, so I had to like pick up these strange kids and carry them. Where's the grandma in this? A grandma is kind of old and doesn't know what's going on. Right. Uh, so I'm. So you know, I think that the picture that they sent to the mom will be me with these kids slung over my shoulders like potato sacks. Anyway, so at the end of this whole thing, I don't even know what this is a commercial for. Like I, there was that little information provided. This could have just been a weird fetish ring. Yeah, that maybe happened to get a few managers and agents email addresses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they like they rented out a real professional casting office to do right. this. Um, and I looked at the at the sheet and kind of went. You know, they have little dockets at these things that you can kind of flip through to see what advertising agency is doing it and stuff like this. It is for an antidepressant. So basically what this is going to be in the commercial is someone reading the the benefits of this this antidepressant and the side effects and then just shots of happy people doing things. So this would just be me, a dad, playing with these kids in a sandbox or something. Anyway, that's it. I've not heard back. I assumed when you said it was an antidepressant mm-hmm. that what the commercial would just be would just be a dad with children – who regrets his decision to have <laughs> So he's playing in the sandbox. The kids are going crazy. And then, you know, you just see the dad look into his waistband and there's a there's a revolver in there. And he considers it. And he just – he thinks about it. But then he pops a couple pills mm-hmm. and goes down to the man cave. Yeah, sure. Exactly. With his neon beer signs. Plays foosball against himself. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. That's what they call playing both sides of the table. Oh, sure. It, I wanted, I'm wondering about the, the, the craziness that these kids turned on. Is this something that is bred into them as being child actors? Do you think they're encouraged to act like this? Or is this just a stage in a boy's life where he acts like this? You mean boyhood? Yeah, boyhood. Are you referring specifically? Yeah, to being a child boy. I think you just heard a story about my son running down the street yeah, with yeah. no prompting. Waving his arms in the air saying, I'm running, I'm dancing, I'm running, I'm dancing. It seems like – I can't – it seems like that was manageable though. Like if you needed to stop him from saying, I'm running, I'm dancing, could you have? Or would he just do it till he Physically. Yeah. Physically. By chloroforming him. him. (laughs) Yeah, I could have – Yeah. Could have just given him some ether and a rag. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I I think – I don't know. I think there's some extent to which boys just knock things over all the time. Yeah. I think even I knock things over all the time. And I mean, I'm the least knock things over of a person. Sure. Of a boy that there could be, right? I'm a real press. <laughs> sure. Basically. Yeah. Sometimes you would sometimes you would uh set your teacup uh um away from the, the doily. Yeah, my my favorite sport is baseball. My favorite hobby is antiquing. Mm-hmm. So that's but not, where but I'm not at. as a not as a four year old though. No, not as a four year old. But yeah. I go to a flea market with my mom as a four year old. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway yeah, I was wondering if, if because I, 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 I was kind of blown away by this because all the other little sets of twins seemed to be pretty well behaved. Like they had done a lot of this before. They knew how to like wait in a waiting room. They knew how to – like these kids seemed like they had never done this before and were just – you know, they were just 10 out of 10 crazy. What's it going to be like, Jordan, hmm. when you slip up mm-hmm. and accidentally impregnate a woman? Yeah. Or to like – or to like – or I accidentally, quotation marks, impregnate a woman because I just want to keep her around? Right, sure. Or you just want the kids so you can get 
public benefits. Oh man, that'll be great. Get on the get on those food stamp rolls. Yeah, sure. Well, and I'll Am be I more right, Jordan? and I'll be more welcome in Chuck E. Cheese's, <laughs> yes. which is a big thing for me. There's a lot of benefits to actually oh, totally. accidentally impregnating a woman. Um, no, you know, I will say this about the experience is that. I, apart from being kind of stressed out that it was an audition, I liked it. Like, I had fun being body slammed by these kids. It was great. And being able to, like, kind of pick them up and throw them around, I kind of liked that they were, like, open to that. Like, me just picking them up and carrying them out of the room. I'm like, oh, this you, is I cool. I know you've had that problem with girlfriends in the past. It's them picking, <laughs> picking them up and carrying them around. And they were, they were close, uh, close to it. Yeah, that's true. And sometimes I'll say, I'm drowning in quicksand, and right. uh, they won't even leave their book club. <laughs> I know. Like we're like, busy in here. What's more important, quickstand, quickstand, yeah. or fucking Jane Austen again? Yes. How many fucking Jane Austen books? Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Edwidge Dante. Mister Darcy I'm will be there. Literally sinking yeah. into sand over here. Yeah. But no, you know, I feel like I walked out of that like having had a crazy kid experience and not going like, oh boy, sure glad I don't have those at home. Like it wasn't one of those where I'm like, oh great, back to singlehood. I'm like, oh, that was kind of fun. Like it was definitely more fun than an audition where you just go in and you're like, you know, but where's my coffee? And then you leave. I think you should stop using protection. You think so? Just roll the dice. Let let God speak to you. Do you think herpes is as much fun as kids? I've heard. Yeah. I've heard herpes doesn't mind a good manhandling. Yeah, right? You can throw it over your shoulder. Absolutely. Take it to play dodgeball. Sure. Yeah. You know what, Jordan? I would have a good time doing this show with you Mm -hmm. if your voice was tinged by syphilitic madness. Oh yeah, just a just a drop a little of syphilis. syphilis. Sure, sure. Just a little, a little advanced, specifically a little advanced syphilis. Okay. So, I mean, it would be a little tough on the listener because mm-hmm. your teeth would be out by then. Yeah. But what I'm saying is just a little bit of I'm you know just a little a, bit of a, a where'd he go? Where'd he a go? Soup song. <laughs> sure. A soup song. A nugget. A, a little drop, a dripsy yeah. dropsy, just as a drop of food coloring mm-hmm. is enough to color. Oh, so this is a less is more situation, is what you're saying? Oh, I don't want you to go overboard with no. this syphilis. You'll start losing. What, limbs. Did, what did King George have? Did he have syphilis? Probably. Yeah, seems like something. Hmm. Lindsay, make yourself useful. Yeah. What about John Hurt too? What happened with John Hurt? Can you? John Hurd is not an Indian summer. Lindsay, can you do a quick Google image search for advanced syphilis? Is Kevin Klein an Indian summer? Kevin Klein. Who who is an Indian summer for God's sake, Lindsay? Anyway, Lindsay Pavlis filling in this week for Sunny D if you're wondering why we keep addressing Brian as Lindsay. <laughs> yeah. We've just we're just humiliating him by calling him a girl's name. Yeah. Bill Paxton. That's who I was it. thinking of, Bill Paxton. What's what's going on with Bill? What's Bill Paxton all about? <laughs> I don't know. I just Oh, he was I guess he played the president in that president sitcom that got canceled. Bill so maybe Paxton's, that was the last move Paxton made. Paxton has been a famous person for a very long time mm-hmm. considering that he has no notable qualities. Yeah. Right? Height, Height, handsomeness. He's a little tall. Good-looking guy. I think maybe when he got started, he was probably kind of a heartthrob. Can you confirm, probably, there was, can you confirm or deny that? There were probably some times when Lindsay, like, our moms wanted to bone down with Paxton. Lindsay, can you do a Google image search for Bill Paxton plus advanced <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Just run out Henry VIII. Yeah. Isn't it weird to think that there were like, if you watch, if you will like watch those old kind of action movies of the late 80s, your Van Dams, your Seagals, your Schwarzeneggers, there will be like these va-va-voom shots of them. Like, you know, there will be something where Van Damme is changing clothes and they show like his butt in the moonlight and stuff like that. Isn't it weird to think that those ridiculous guys were at one time heartthrobs? Like there were women who were like, oh, I would like to fucking bone down with Schwarzenegger. And now he's just kind of this weird like – uh He's like this weird leather mound. <laughs> He's like a leather pile. Yeah, but I bet there were a lot of women, uh, and probably probably gay men as well, who's like who's some of their first sexual feelings were for like him in Terminator. I know. I think that those those scenes are for straight men mm-hmm. who feel both a sense of homosexual attraction mm-hmm. but also oh, just a general interesting. a general they just get a general sexual charge out of it yeah like a fantastical sense of proxy power hmm. from looking at the majestic buttocks of a Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. The powerful flame. So you don't think that was for the... That, was, that, that, that wasn't like, here's one for the girlfriends in the audience. I don't think that's what that's for. Interesting. Because it seems weird to me. I mean, that it almost makes more sense to me than, oh, there was a time when these guys were hunks. You know what I would shoot if I, if I wanted to appeal to the girlfriends? Hmm. They're cranks. <laughs> oh, Yeah. And then right back to book club. <laughs> right back to book club. Women just want to take a look at that. Sure. And get back to their business. Is John is Van Damme when you see his crank, is he doing a split over two chairs? <laughs> and you just see his crank dangling Make dangling it. over the floor, just a, barely a over perfect, the floor. A perfect cross. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny if, like, oh, and then, like, the bad guys come in and he has to push himself out of the split with his boner so he can fight. <laughs> oh, remember all that stuff I said about our, that Ed, Ed Bigley yeah, sure. Jr. conversation? That was good. I take it all back and I want to apply it to the okay. Claude Van Damme situation. Um, you know, I guess, I guess maybe were they probably all just trying to be Swayze because I think Swayze like really rode that line well of like being in the romantic movies and then also See, being an ass kicker. That's the thing. Swayze, I think, is a different situation. Sure. Because Swayze is like a more badass Don Johnson. Okay. So Swayze's pretty. That works, sure. But he's also legitimately badass. Yeah. Was. May he rest in peace. So do you think that, you know, Schwarzenegger, Van Damme, Seagal all were just gunning for that kind of two-pronged attack on America that Swayze was doing at once as a romantic lead and an ass kicker? Mm, I think they may have. I think Steven Seagal was shooting for that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Seagal was shooting for that. Schwarzenegger knew what he was. Yeah. That's why Schwarzenegger tried to do comedy because he knew that he couldn't. I mean, can you imagine Schwarzenegger credibly having like a like a scene, like a candlelit restaurant date scene? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know what They're I mean. Just accidentally crushing all of his forks. <laughs> yeah. I cannot pick them up. <laughs> you look lovely in the moonlight. <laughs> you make me want to be a better man. 
Schwarzenegger impressions are fun. Aren't they fun? <laughs> They're fucking still fun. They're still you fun. If you're out there and you're like, oh, why don't you do a Christopher Walken impression? That's less fun. It is, it is number one, it's less fun. And number two, who knows? Maybe we fucking will. Yeah. Suck on that, asshole. <laughs> it's our show. Yeah. I think, I legitimately think, I think Steven Seagal, Steven Seagal had that long braid mm-hmm. because he wanted to have that el- that fluid elegance mm-hmm. that a Swayze has. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but he still needed to kick ass. Right. To be legit. Whereas, I think a Schwarzenegger just wants to be powerful mm-hmm. and his calling card is, his calling card is that men will force their wives to go to that. Okay. Right? Yeah. I think, and I think that the most notable thing today about Arnold Schwarzenegger is not so much his his leatheriness mm-hmm. or his moundiness. Sure. It's that because you can... I would, sh- you know what? Mound's the wrong word. Pile. Okay. I'm sorry. Thank He's you. a pile. Thank you. Thank you very much, You're Jordan. And I appreciate getting a little credit when credit is due. Yeah. I, um... I think that the thing that is most notable about real life Arnold Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. is that because he can be shot heroically on film, mm-hmm. um, in real life, his combination of muscliness or at least a muscly build, which he still has to some extent. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, you know, a 65-year-old man. Sure. But he still has a muscleish build. And, and shortness... Makes him look like a weird visitor from another planet. <laughs> right. Like a plug of tobacco or something. <laughs> you know what Come I mean? Come to life. Sure. Just, he, just, he just, his proportions are wrong mm-hmm. when they're not being shot by an expert director of photography. <laughs> yeah, an right. An Eastern European man who always carries, uh, you know, four camera yeah. lenses around Yeah, his the neck. only place he looks awkward is... At, you know, at the seventh story of an office building, firing a Gatling gun down at people below. One thing that also struck me about Arnold Schwarzenegger, I was thinking about this the other day. Mm-hmm. You've seen the movie Twins. Yes. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is a pretty short man. Mm-hmm. I want to say Arnold Schwarzenegger is like 5'8". Yeah. Don't, don't bother looking that up, Lindsay. Don't jump into action just because I'm trying to figure out... Exactly. A fact. But Arnold Schwarzenegger is a pretty small man. Danny DeVito is so small that he looks comically small Mm -hmm. next to an already small guy. Yes. That's all. Oh, yeah. He's just, that's that's a tiny person. But they have the same suit on. That is a good point. That's very funny. Do you think we would look comically mismatched if we were wearing the same suit? Um, Yeah, I mean like cream colored, shoulder padded 80s suits, sure. Oh, man, that would be so sweet. Fucking fucking teal T-shirt underneath. Where does Burt Reynolds fit into all of this? <laughs> oh, I don't know. The 70s were a whole different thing. I think you could just be like a – you could just be like a gruff – like a gruff weirdo and be a sex symbol. I think Burt Reynolds is cool as shit. Burt Reynolds is cool as shit. It's a shame that all of those Burt Reynolds movies from the 70s are so boring. Yeah. They are so – like Hoop, like people love Hooper. That's the most boring movie in the world. I think one of the things that people – I appreciate that people appreciate how how brilliant the American films of the 1970s were. Mm-hmm. But the problem is – the essential problem is that because it wasn't until Star Wars 
and Jaws that they thought, what if a movie wasn't boring? You're right. If, hey, you know what? Jaws is kind of boring. Jaws is amazing, and I will, I will, I will sit down and watch Jaws anytime it's on HBO. It's a great movie. But there is a fucking long time in the middle of Jaws where Jaws is not in the movie. If the movie was not mega good, mm-hmm. it was fucking mega boring. Sure, totally. I watched The Bad News Bears not that long ago, mm-hmm. and Walter Matthau was one of our greatest actors. Sure. So funny. Have you seen so uh, the taking of Pelham 123, the original one with him? You really need to see that. Okay. I think that is right up your alley. I think that's right up your ass. That it's Walter is. Matthau being hilarious, but it's also kind of an action movie and the kind of suspense things really work about it. There's a part where he's racist to some Asian people. Sure. And if you can let that slide. It's a well, there's a broad variety of racisms in the Bad News Bears. Oh, sure. But Although, you know what? The the uh, At the end, he looks like a dope for doing that. So that's true. I think it's probably okay. That's true. The thing- oh, and also... Pelham one two three two. But. The, the thing that struck me about Bad News Bears was that while the whole time Walter Matthau was being really great, mm-hmm. there's basically no jokes or other things that happen <laughs> in the movie. Sure, it is ninety minutes of basically nothing happening. Yeah. Um, and See also meatballs. Yeah, it is. And pretty, Bill Murray. Yeah, sure. Pretty boring. I mean. Walter Matthau almost saves it for a contemporary audience, sure. but mostly you're just like, God, what a fucking snooze. Yeah. Sorry, I guess I'm, we're going to here to slay a couple <laughs> sacred cows, am I right, Jordan? Yeah, Bad News Bears is kind of boring. Yeah, it's tough. I feel like those those 70s movies, I think they they get they become legendary to people because of like one or two cool scenes in them. Uh yeah, sometimes. And that's Well, the case I mean, I think I think it still happens today. I mean, Oh, totally. You're running to somebody on the street who thinks Anchorman is good. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? I don't know. I mean, I'll, I I don't think anybody is any anybody who says anything that other than Anchorman is a collection of wonderful jokes is 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 wrong. Do you feel like Anchorman is mischaracterized um, as being something other than it's not a classic? Yeah, I've heard classic tossed okay. around. That's I've also heard that tossed around generous. about Dodgeball. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, that's probably not true. Dodgeball is not even that good. Huh. There's a there's not even a lot of great jokes in Dodgeball. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of great people. Yeah. In Dodgeball, a couple great jokes. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Four. <laughs> Maybe there's seven in Zoolander. Oh yeah, <laughs> I read Zoolander's on uh, Netflix since then. I watched a little bit of that the other day. There's a ton of funny stuff in Zoolander. Oh, is there? Yeah, there's there's a lot of great stuff Maybe in Zoolander. I Maybe I'm mischaracterizing and misremembering. Zoom- Zoolander holds up great, way better than you think it would. At least oh. it did for me. I was I was I I was the the Owen Wilson character has really aged well in Zoolander. Oh, I remember like thinking, that guy is still as hilarious as he was back then. I remember thinking when I watched Zoolander, I wish this was a movie that starred Will Ferrell and Owen Wilson. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, Cuz they're both light up the screen every time they're on it. Yeah, they're both great. Um yeah, no, I uh, <laughs> David Duchovny's little cameo is real weird and funny in that. I really was pleased at how well Zoolander held up. Okay, well, good work Zoolander. I apologize. Yeah. No, it's, you know. The apartment is good too. Yeah, the part of the apartment is great. You can watch the apartment anytime and it'll Sure. No. They're really, really juice you. Although, uh, yeah, it's something – I think when you go into the apartment, it's one of those movies that's like – at least for me, it was one of those that I saw on like, you know, AFI's 100 Greatest Movies. Like it's something that, you know, I definitely 
felt like when I came to college and then beyond. I didn't get enough like classic movie education from my family. Not something we did. We just didn't watch a lot of movies, period. Um, uh, so I definitely hadn't seen a lot of like those classic movies. And like, you know, I kind of knew about The Apartment before I watched. I think I checked it out from the library or something like that. I'm like, oh, there's a lot of suicide in this movie. Like, <laughs> that is something. I think you see that that clip that they'll play of The Apartment, like during the Oscars, is like Jack Lemmon making meatballs and like pretending to like hit them into the pot like a tennis racket. And he's like singing a funny Italian song. It's like, yeah, that movie's about suicide. Like, anyway, yeah. something I didn't didn't realize. It's a good one. It's a, it's great, yeah, and definitely like that's one of those movies that are like one of those old movies that has an erratic tone that works for it. Like sometimes it's like, ugh, that would never be in a movie now, but it like that works really well. Anyway. I I watched on the uh, airplane the other day, hmm. not on the airplane TV, on my computer. I had brought it with me. Sure, uh, the conversation mm-hmm. uh, starring Gene Hackman, and literally, there's three quarters of an event in the course of that entire (laughs) film. And on the one hand, it was a little bit boring. Mm -hmm. But I do appreciate if you make if you make ten movies where nothing happens, Mm -hmm. you know, one out of ten of them is going to be the conversation. It's going to be an (laughs) all-time classic. (laughs) Sure, totally. You can get everything else right. Yeah. I appreciate that about a 70s film. Yeah. I want to watch... What's it? How many days of the Condor are there? Three days of the Condor. Look that up. Three days. Three days of the Condor. Fucking three days of the Condor yeah. is fucking tremendous. Oh, that's a, yeah, that's a great movie. That's as much as I could enjoy a film. How tall is Arnold Schwarzenegger, please? He is not six feet tall. There is no. <laughs> there is no way in a thousand billion trillion years I've seen him stand behind podiums. Yeah. It's like five nine. You know who's also shorter than you'd think? Who's that? The Predator. <laughs> yeah. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jordan, as I was driving here mm-hmm. to record Jordan Jesse Go, I heard my very own voice mm. on the radio here in Los Angeles on KPCC. I'm very excited that Bullseye is on KPCC, which is based in Pasadena, Mm -hmm. 89.3. If you're keeping track Mm -hmm. of uh, where it is on the FM dial, you'll find it all the way over on the left-hand side. Um, And uh, we're going to do a Bullseye live show. Great. Right here Mm -hmm. in Los Angeles, first time in six years, uh, at the Crawford Family Forum, which is at KPCC in Pasadena. Um, It is... October 25th, a Friday night at 8 p.m. We've got the great Bill Hader, longtime star of, um, oh gosh, what's the name of that television program? Um, a House in of Living Buggin. Color. <laughs> Good. Um, and uh, we're on the same wavelength. Yeah. Uh, our friend Jasper Red is going to do some stand up comedy, one mm-hmm. of the best in the business. Hey, yeah, sure. Um, and we've got other very special guests uh, that we have not announced yet. Can you tease? And... Can you tease them? I can't tease them. Okay. Jordan, I can't tease them because they're not confirmed. So then if no, somebody somebody figures it out, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's like if you, if someone was doing a Mad Lib and their guess was Freddie Gibbs, mm-hmm. you know, and then what if the person didn't, the people couldn't, yeah. didn't confirm no, after you're right. You're right. weeks of them having agreed to do it, but mm-hmm. they were still waiting for them to confirm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
let's just say. Okay. Just hypothetically. For instance. That scenario played mm-hmm. out. Anyway, October 25th, uh, you can go to kpcc.org slash forum to buy your tickets. They are cheap tickets. We kept the tickets cheap. If you don't come out to this, I'm going to look like a real asshole in front, of, <laughs> in front of all my new friends at KPCC. So please make a point of coming out. It's going to be really cool and really fun. And we are also going to be at LA Podfest. Yeah. For those of you in this, Los Angeles. Uh, Friday the 6th or Sunday the 6th, excuse me. Yeah, Sunday, it is. Sunday, October 6th. It is going to be a real blast. 2 to 4 p.m. in the mm-hmm. Squarespace Ballroom at the Sheraton Delfina, Santa Monica. Um, there are a bajillion other. Great is there podcasts. a lovelier Sheraton? I think. Well, uh, the Sheraton Concourse in Butte, of course. That is a really nice because it got that mountain view. Yeah, it uh, on this coast. It has. Is there a nicer Sheraton? The Sheraton Concourse has that view of Butte's namesake, Butte. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was just a guy who's mooning you. No. <laughs> It was out there all night. <laughs> yeah. Was it you? There, it was, yeah. yeah. I just wanted someone to see my butte. <laughs> anyway, uh, you can go to LAPodfest.com for more information about that. Um, and just generally speaking, come out to the show. Uh, I don't know if Brian's already given away the pass, mm-hmm. but if you go to our Facebook page, like us there, you can get a free, free we- full weekend pass. Yeah. A full weekend pass. You can go see us. You can go see our friend Jimmy Pardo. Yep. Aaron and Brian. Go see Aaron and Brian. Go see Mike Schmidt, the 40-year-old boy. Sure. Go see uh, Fernwood tonight. What's that thing called? Welcome to Night Vale. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Haunted Fernwood. Uh, I just get confused because they both star Martin Mull. Yeah. You know how it is. He's got a lot of projects. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a real blast. I think uh, before uh, before our show, direct the show before ours is is the Indoor Kids, our old pals, uh, Emily Mm. and Kamel at the Indoor Kids. I'm going to do a little cameo in their show and then rush over to ours. And the great Karen Kilgariff is on our show. Oh, terrific. That's great. She's going to sing a song. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a fucking blast. Be funny. Yeah, so we'll see all of you Southern Californians there, and the rest of you can continue to suck a tailpipe. Although I think it, while you're sucking the tailpipe, I think yeah. you can uh, stream these things on Daily Motion. Oh, that's true. You yeah. can. You can stream them all, so you can watch it live. Yeah, so uh, yeah, check out that L.A. Podfest website. I'll yeah. probably tell you how. Watch that shit. Do it. It'll be pretty fun, right? Watch it. It's going to be tons of fun. Yeah. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. When something momentous happens to you, our listener, we ask that you call us. Our telephone number, 206 984 Four F U N two zero six nine eight four four fun. The telephone number to report abandoned cars in the city of Los Angeles one eight hundred abandon. No e at the end of that one. One eight hundred A B A N D O N. Put of both course, of those into your phone. Yeah, and of course you can drop off any unwanted babies at uh, your local fire station. Please do not just put those babies in a dumpster, yeah. no matter how tempting it may be every time you walk past a dumpster. You can put them in an abandoned car, but then make sure to dial 1-800-ABANDON. I mean, here's the problem that you're going to run into, Jordan. Hmm. Timely service. Oh, yeah. Sure. I I reported the Dodge pickup truck that's on a flatbed being pulled by a Corolla Fastback Mm -hmm. uh, that's been sitting in the same place on my street for the past year. Yeah. It's been a few weeks. So if there was a baby in there, it'd be pretty cranky. 
he he would really yeah re- let me put it this way that baby would want his pinky yeah be a real Zachary Poopo situation you got it um let's take our first call hi Jordan Jesse and yes this is Leslie no calling guest. all the way from beautiful Oakland California where I was driving the other day and saw a hair place with the best name ever. It was called, drumroll please, These Cuts. Yeah. Best hair place name ever. I just forgot that those are called barbershops. Best barbershop name ever. (laughs) Uh, Love you guys. Love the show. Talk to you later. (laughs) These Cuts. Incorrect. She is incorrect. The best barbershop name is the one that I used to drive by on uh, Fillmore every mm-hmm. time I went to visit my wife uh, when I was in high school and college. Hair Jordan Stevo Styles. <sighs> That's pretty good. It's a compound name. Hair Jordan mm-hmm. Stevo Styles. I'm wondering about these nuts, these cuts. What what is that? Like who who are they trying to get in there? I wonder. Is that? It, yeah, I mean, I got to be honest. Is it one of those Jordan. places that gives you a PBR or a latte and has a has a foosball table? Is it one of those? That's La- that's called like the gentleman's parlor or something, though, right? Last week, mm-hmm. we spoke up in favor of a return to prominence of the phrase "these nuts." Yeah, because we had enjoyed it so much when we were in high school. Yeah, <laughs> and it was really fun. We had a really good time when Cool Keith said it. Mm-hmm. On one of his records. However, I got a lot of D's Nuts related correspondence. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were kind enough to send me products with D's Nuts in the name and so on and so forth. So you think that D's Nuts never went away. It just kind of – we stopped noticing it? I think yes. Mm-hmm. And I also think – that it has not gone far far enough. I think we had overestimated how far away it had gone. Yeah. For and thus it, we had made we made a mistake when we welcomed it back into our. Do you place. think it just kind of drifted into general assholery? Yeah. Is that kind of what you're? Well, I mean, it had, what you're saying it, we knew that it had gener- drifted into yeah. general assholery, but then we thought it had sort of fallen off the cultural map. Yeah. But I think the volume of D's Nuts related correspondence that I've gotten, which is, you know, photographs of commercial products and so on and so forth that are D's Nuts related, <laughs> has led me to believe that it has only fallen off our radar. Oh, you think you were in some kind of like West Coast cultural ivory tower? Yeah. And I think it's coming along quite nicely elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, among those people who were the very worst to use it at the very peak of its awfulness. Okay. Not those people who sent it in to me. No, no. Let's be clear. But the people who would dedicate their life to creating a product <laughs> and then name it D's Nuts some or something like that. Something D's to nuts remind you. Yeah. Okay. By the way, Oakland is the new San Francisco. San Francisco is totally fucked. The only okay. person left in San Francisco that I can speak up on behalf of is my mom. <laughs> oh, oh, she's great. My, my dad. Huh. My mom and my dad. And my wow. brother, if he's still living in San Francisco, I, I'm, I can't remember if he's still living in They'll just stab you at a baseball game right these now. days, right? That, that was really bad. I felt really bad Oof. about that. That was like the yeah. one shred of moral superiority we had left. Well, at least we haven't stabbed any of your guys, Los <laughs> Angeles. <laughs> sure. But no, yeah, then 
Although that guy was from, uh, oh, that guy was from one of those real sad uh, Central California, Northern California places. He was, I can't think of where it was that he was from. Pinole. It was much worse than Pinole. (laughs) I don't know what Pinole is, but yeah. Just think about Oxnard. Mm. I mean, don't think about it for too long. You'll get depressed. Do you know that... uh, that uh, punk rock bands from Oxnard are called Nardcore. <laughs> no, that's fun. Yeah, I used to work with a guy at Fuel TV who had a Nardcore tattoo. I think Mad Lib. Doctor No Oxnard. is maybe the uh, most famous of those. Oh, most I famous don't... Nardcore band. I don't know what that is. Yeah, Doctor No, K N O W. Anyway, uh, Doctor No from from James Bond. Yeah, from Oxnard. He's from Oxnard. He's in a hardcore band. Hmm. I guess I, that wasn't where I expected he would take his career, but yeah. you know, I never expected Sean Sean Connery would grow up to be a magical dragon. <laughs> sure. So. And he did in the film MVP, Most Valuable Primate. <laughs> uh, let's take our next call. Hi, uh, this is Rowan from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, I was just driving past the local Trader Joe's, which has a particularly uh, terrible parking lot. Um and an old woman with a walker was trying to cross the entrance to the parking lot, and someone honked at her, and I got to see this woman look the driver dead in the eye and slow down, and it was fantastic, and it made my day. I hope I'm that way when I'm old. Um, thanks. Bye. I didn't follow that. <laughs> did I just have a little stroke? What happened in that? I think you did have a little stroke. Yeah. A uh, stroke, by the way, is a brain attack. Yeah. Learned that from public service announcements. So, <laughs> me does not understand that call. <laughs> an old woman was crossing in front of the, across mm-hmm. the driveway of a parking lot. Yeah. You know, the entrance of a parking lot. Yeah. Someone pulled up and honked at her to ask her to go faster. Mm-hmm. She stared the guy down and went slower. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's fucking kick ass. Sure. Great work, old lady. Yeah. Be imposing when you're an old person. Do it. Use your power. Yeah. Exercise your power. Your elderly power. I really think that our elders are wiser than we give them credit for. Mm, interesting. And I mean, I just always assumed they were like dum-dums. No, I think they're very interesting. wise. Interesting. I would say they're wiser than we give them credit for and a little smellier than we give them credit for. This is really blowing my mind, possibly more than the fact that ladies in 1989 to 1992 weren't rubbing it out to Van Dam. You know what? We're going to have to take a poll on this. Yeah. I'm curious. For those, I know that there are a lot of ladies who weren't of age Mm -hmm. in our audience when Van Damme, what are we, well, let's focus in on three. What are we looking at? Van Damme, Schwarzenegger, Seagal. And Seagal. I guess you could put like Sylvester Stallone in there, but I never. Let's just do Van Damme and Schwarzenegger. Okay. Van Damme and Schwarzenegger. If you were, if you had flowered at the peak of their powers. (laughs) Are we counting gay men in this too, or is that is that a no, different sort of sexuality different than we're... sexual values? Okay, you know, I mean, it dep- obviously everyone has a different sexual value from everyone else. Sure, but I just think that I just don't think it's di- I don't think it's a one to one comparison. Okay, you know what I mean? I mean, if you are a if you are a, a gay man in the audience and you have jerked it to Van Dam, I want to know about it. Right. I will legitimately say I would like to know about it. Would but you yeah, like to maybe... give out your personal email <laughs> I would. Send it to Van Damme Jerk Picks <laughs> at PacBell.net. Um, I think... I have I... a Tumblr. Fuck yeah, Van Damme Jerk Picks. I... <laughs> I say on the forum thread this week, we'll make it... Uh, we'll have 
Sunny D, make it a poll. Only answer the poll if you had flowered at the peak of their mm-hmm. powers, which we're going to call what, 1989? Let's say Universal Soldier. When's, when's that? That is 92. Lindsay, Universal Soldier. Come on, Lindsay. God. I think it's 92. It is really tough to get a good backup board operator these days. <laughs> yeah, right. 92! Okay, Who so... Who knows more about Fandam than me? So, if you were born in 1979 mm-hmm. or earlier, and are a lady, mm-hmm. go vote in this poll. Yeah. Please add commentary to the forum thread for this mm-hmm. week's episode. Forum.MaximumFun.org. We need to know from you. You can also email us at jjgo at MaximumFun.org. Mm-hmm. Or give us a call at 206-984-4-FUN if you have a particularly significant story of how you felt about those guys. But this is important because, Jordan, I don't know if you noticed this, mm-hmm. but they just gave out the MacArthur uh, quote-unquote genius grants. I did. It was $625,000 a year over the course of five years. Yeah, I noticed when I got one. No strings attached. <laughs> Vijay Iyer won one. Mm-hmm. Recent bullseye guess. Yeah. Our friend Jad Abumrad from Radio oh. Lab won one mm-hmm. a year ago, two years ago maybe. Um, I won for my uh, cat feeding songs. Oh, really? Yeah. You really have broken a lot of new ground there. Thank you. They're very danceable. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> but I kind of want, I kind of want like my next batch to be more dissonant. Sure. Yeah. So it's like I want it to be like a wall of sound. You're really on a Dan Deacon path with this. A little bit, yeah. It's a mix of pop, of a pop sensibility, a yeah. certain kind of indie danceability, and then it's kind of challenging avant-garde quality that you would be more likely to associate with a John Cage or sure. a Steve Reich yeah. um, than you would necessarily with a Jordan Morris cat feeding song. Yeah. I mean, if this were film, I would kind of want my next batch to be my Cloud Atlas. Sure. If that makes any sense. In contrast to your previous batch, which you had titled Kitty Ditties. <laughs> sure, yes. That was my Kitty Ditty phase. Well, I have yet to win a MacArthur mm-hmm. grant. And I think that our work in Van Damme Studies... Mm-hmm. Could, VDS. Could result... JCVDS. <laughs> yeah. Could result in one of those no-strings-attached mm-hmm. checks in the mail. Type situations. That'd be great. Right? Yeah. Are, were, are or were ladies flicking it to Van Damme was, or Schwarzenegger? Was that some shit you were into? Yeah. At the time. And if you're – here's the thing. I want it in, mm-hmm. a, so, in a socio-cultural context. <laughs> sure. If you're just – Are you biracial? <laughs> If you're no, if you're just <laughs> into muscle dudes, yeah, I want to know in the comment. This is just going to be yes, no mm-hmm. in the forum thread, but in the commentary, give us some background. Like, if you're just into muscle dudes, you're just into muscle dudes. Yeah, you know what I mean. But I want to know, like, well, in the seventies, I was into hairy dudes with mustaches, but then by the early nineties, I was, and then in the early eighties, I was into new romantics. <laughs> right. By the late 80s and early 90s, I was into weird muscle dudes. Mm -hmm. And by the late 90s, I was into boyish man girls. 
<laughs> like the star of Titanic, Mr. Uh, What's-His-Face. <laughs> yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. Sure. Ethan Hawke. Is it possible Leonardo DiCaprio is not good at acting, by the way? Uh, I mean, I think I think you need I think I think he has been both very good and very bad at acting. Okay. Yeah, I think he's he's all over the place. The only Leonardo DiCaprio movie I've ever seen mm-hmm. is The Beach. <laughs> That's a weird one to have seen, right? I don't think I've seen any other Leonardo DiCaprio movies. Yeah, I never saw Gangs of New York. Yeah, never saw Titanic. Mm-hmm. Oh, Catch Me If You Can? Catch Me If You Can. I did see that. That's a fun one. Yeah, I, I did it. I yeah. thought he was good in that. Totally. That was all did you the... see? Did you see Django? I didn't see Django. He's really... I, th- I really like him in Django. I think he's great. He's having a little fun. He's not being so dour. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's a fun movie. I really like it. Is it like when Brad Pitt does a voice and you're just like, shut up, Brad Pitt? Uh, it's a little more... It's it's not as it's not as goofy as that. Okay. Yeah. I hate that. <laughs> Brad Pitt doing a voice... He doesn't do voices too much these days. Give me a fucking break. What was the last voice he did? 12 you Monkeys? Know, just because you're super gorgeous doesn't mean <laughs> that you you can just go around doing fucking voices any more than just because Justin Timberlake is super gorgeous yeah. means he can go do fucking comedy. I think the voice period of Brad Brad Pitt's career is pretty over. I think that was that was Guy Ritchie and 12 Monkeys. What about um the Tarantino movie? Which one are we talking about? The World War II one. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, I like that one. Anyway. <laughs> I like the movie. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to punch Brad Pitt. I was like, shut up, Brad Pitt. <laughs> sure. I liked how dead-eyed he was in that. I liked. I thought the acting The acting um, nugget that I really enjoyed from him in that was just, he just looked fucking dead-eyed. He just looked like he didn't care. He didn't have a soul. I thought, I don't know. I, I, like, I think that I would go on as far as say that's my favorite Brad Pitt voice performance. Okay. Anyway. Fair enough. Sure. Next call, please. Hey guys, it's Ken from DC. I was just driving down the freeway and uh, saw a van, a plain white windowless van, uh, with the company title painted on the side, and the title was just Authority Cleaners and Punch Out Specialists. I was just wondering what kind of business that uh, that might have been. You think it's like a hitman or something? I don't know. What are your thoughts? Bye. Well, it's someone you can get if you have a problem with. Glass Joe, right? King Hippo, you can't Soda Popinski combos. Yeah, you can't get the pattern quite right. Um. Oh gosh, I some someone told me that Soda Popinski from Mike Tyson's Punch Out was like God. He was like vodka drunkinski originally or in japan or something like that and they're like no that's too racist we can't do that so they changed it to soda pop yeah so he's not into vodka he's into soda pop anyway makes a lot of sense vodka drunkinski that sound right you know who told me a lot about uh boxing Hmm. john darnell of the mountain goats oh yeah yeah on the cruise john darnell of the mountain goats just wants to talk about boxing i'm like who am I to stand in the way? And he got a boxer on one of his album covers, Get Lonely. Does that have a b- uh, boxer on the cover? Yeah, probably so. Yeah, I think it does. John Darnielle's very Ooh, passionate that about is a boxing. Sad. That is a sad, sad album. Anyway. He'll make a sad song. Oh, totally. He'll tear your heart out. Oh, absolutely. No doubt about that with old John Darnielle. Yeah. But he's a man of many passions. Hmm. I, f- I was fascinated boxing by Boxing is passions. one of them. You got boxing. He was giving me and our friend, uh, our friend Goose, Chris Bowman, mm-hmm. Uh, Goose was getting some dub reggae picks. No. All right. I'm not going to lie to you. Downloaded some of these picks. Yeah. Some pretty solid. Some pretty solid dub reggae. Pretty solid dub reggae. I mean, Prince Far Eye. Mm-hmm. Two Sevens Collide. 
I mean, these are some these are some recommendations that sure. These are some solid some deep gold cuts. recommendations. Yeah, you know, he wanted to start off. I think if he wanted to give us deep cuts, he could have. Mm-hmm. He was trying to start us off easy. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Because well, what do I know from? I mean, look, I barely know about King Tubby meets Rockers Uptown. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. You know what I mean, right, Jordan? That's why, yeah. Why wouldn't I? Forum.maximumfun.org, ladies. We need to know. And this is this is seriously on you because, let's face it, a lot of our audience are 19-year-old men who listen while they play Grand Theft Auto V. <laughs> That's the truth. They've modded it to the, where the cars in Grand Theft Auto play our podcast. There are a few... They are they. It is introduced by Bootsy Collins, like the music in Grand Theft Auto, but it's just our our podcast. There are a few like 20, also Keith Morris also introduces some of them. There are a few like twenty five year old animators. Mm-hmm. So if you are one of these thirty five and over ladies, we need you on this one. Yeah, we need you. We yeah, are- don't think, don't assume. If you're a thirty five year old lady out there and you're listening, don't assume. Oh, they've probably got lots of entrance to this. They don't need me. I'm just a I'm just a, a drop of sand in an hourglass. No. You're better than that. Where's Janie on this one? Get her out here. She's gotta she's gotta stand up and be counted. She's gotta make her voice heard. Yeah. Where's our other thirty five and I don't <laughs> I can't think of any other ones? <laughs> there are some others though. Oh, there totally are. Some folks that come to a a Max Fun Con from yeah. time to time. Tell us about tell us about and compare and contrast with Swayze. Yeah. How do you feel about a Swayze at Don Johnson? Yeah. I don't I mean I I can't imagine there's any of those 35-year-old ladies who aren't all about Swayze. That seems like that seems like I can't I think the outlier would be someone who's like, "Yeah, I wasn't that into Swayze." I think that's un, that's that's super unusual. I was only kind of into Swayze? Yeah. You mean? Mhm. Yeah. I was always a Barbarino man myself. <laughs> Old Vinny Barbarino. Sure. Hey, give me sit Tra- on it. <laughs> give me Travolta or give me death. Yeah. And when I say that I'm really into Travolta, I mean in this time period that we're talking about, early 90s Travolta. Oh, like like broken arrow. Yeah, like a broken arrow like a shirt. Travolta. Like a goofball Travolta. Yeah. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morse, boy detective. Hmm. Yeah. Another smash hit podcast in the books. Good for us. Lindsay, go ahead and mark this one down a grand success. <laughs> and you know what? When you're doing that, use a pen. Yeah. Oh, also dot the eyes with happy faces. You know what? Hearts. Even though there's no eyes in either of those words. Can you use Marvy brand colored markers? Okay. Oh, also, who's John Hurt? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, as always, Mm -hmm. it's been a great pleasure to talk to you, America. Thanks for listening. And you know what? Thanks to all the folks who've been sharing our 1000 Cones video. That's great. Uh, That's tremendous. You can find it on YouTube or you can find it at MaximumFun.org slash 1000 Cones. Thanks to all the folks who've been reviewing the show in Mm -hmm. Information Tunes. Telling people about it, writing blog posts about it. Mm-hmm. I appreciate all of those things. And thanks for uh, thanks for having us on in the background while you do your rampage missions. Exactly. Got it. How, what's that? You kill as many guys as you can. Yeah. So you go to a rampage zone. 
You have to go to the zone for that? Yeah, it's a spe- special zone. You can't rampage outside of the rampage. I mean, you could, I guess, rampage, but you don't have unlimited ammo. Is it like Hamsterdam from The Wire? Uh, I don't know what that is. It's where you could buy and It was a radical experiment that mm-hmm. the mayor introduced where you could buy and sell drugs in this one special area. Oh. I, excuse me, the chief of police. Actually, introduce. if I'm remembering correctly, don't email me. Mm-hmm. The... He became the chief of police after he introduced it. Can people inter- can people email you if they also include a story about masturbating to Van Damme movies? Yeah, all right. Okay. Fair enough. You can include any wire corrections Yeah. in on that. Yeah. Hey, uh, Jesse, can I do a couple plugs before we go? Yeah, you doing any shows coming up? Yeah, well, uh, you know, if anybody uh, out there has the Pivot television network, uh, you've got that. If you have DirecTV or Dish, I'm going to be on their show Take Part Live Wednesday at 9. Oh, is that hosted by Megan McCain? Don't know. One of their shows is hosted by Megan McCain. I don't McCain. think so. I don't think it is. No, it's not. She does have a show on that. But no, it's not a Megan McCain show. It'll be me and some other uh, movers and shakers uh, talking about the issues of the day. I think uh, you should watch that thing and then tell them to have me back. This is a really cool, uh, this is a uh, fun new network for millennials like us. There you go. So if you remember The Little Mermaid. Yep. And if you did high school dances to the Vanga Boys. You're going to want to watch this. the Vanga Boys? Uh, I think that's Come on, Ride the Train and Ride It. Lindsay? Mm. They might be. It's We Like to Party. How's We Like to Party go? I did it. Vanga Boys. Right? The song is called We Like to Party, but the refrain is them saying the name of the band? Yeah. And then reminds them, like, right? Like, they are not sure that they, they're getting the band right. Venga Boys? Yeah. Right? Like that? <laughs> and then they say, it's right? Not, it's barely even musical. Yeah, well, it's, it's dissonant. It's like John Cage. We've talked about this. It's where John I want my Cage next. Is more conceptual. Well, potato, potato. <laughs> <laughs> hey, also, uh, if you're in the uh, Southern California area and uh, you're listening to this uh, before Saturday, uh, I'm teaching a uh, sketch comedy class at the Westside Comedy Theater. If you want to learn sketch comedy on Saturday afternoons, uh, go to westsidecomedy.com and uh, click on classes. That's a great opportunity to uh, hang out with Jordan. Sure. Learn information from him. Um, observe uh, the broad variety of different skill and talent levels that sign up for a class like that. Mm-hmm. Um, be the funniest person in the class. Probably. Oh, you could totally be the funniest person in the class if you already have mastered the concept that a, in a comedy sketch the waiter doesn't have to be French. <laughs> you are already ten steps ahead of everybody else. But I think if you don't automatically go into a comedy sketch assuming that the waiter should be French, I think that there is a lot to be learned from taking a class from Jordan. Mm-hmm. Jordan is a brilliant sketch comedy writer um, and a great and patient teacher. As many folks who have taken his classes at Max Funcon have attested to thank me you, personally. Thank you. So, um, and many people who have loved with him for the first time sure. have told me. Um, I mean, I really approach lovemaking like I do teaching a class. Sure. And that's a lot of things that I tell my lovemaking partners. Uh, you don't have to be French. Right. Don't automatically put on a wild French accent just because. Not we're everyone down. has to be the crazy one in the scene. Sure. You know, one person is one person should always be the straight man. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> These are the kinds of lessons you can learn in any class that Jordan yeah. teaches. <laughs> Try it with me. What's going on in here? Well, I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Some classic straight man lines. What are the names of the players on this baseball team? Our thanks to Lindsay Pavlis. <laughs> Our thanks to Lindsay Pavlis for manning the boards on this week's episode. And, uh, of course, our producer is Brian Fernandez, Sonny D. We'll talk to you next time on, oh, our theme music, Love You, by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. You can get it on the best of The Free Design from Light in the Attic Records, which is a really beautiful CD that you should really actually go out and get. Not just to hear the song. They have a lot of beautiful songs. Would you call it Venga (laughs) Boys-esque? I'd call it Venga Boys-esque? There you go. Am I doing it right? Yeah, that had the right amount of dissonance. We like to party. There you go. You're not sure. You're not sure. You're legitimately not sure. And a final special thanks to a special friend of this program who passed away this week. Um, we really want to honor Ed Begley Jr. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.